Well, hey, what is going on? And welcome to episode 21 of the Connect Podcast. We have a lot of awesome things happening with uh, uh, happening on the show today. I'm here with Matt Manning as usual, but we also have a special guest with us today. We have Reza. And Reza, I meant to ask you before, I don't want to butcher your last name. So how do you say your <laughs> last name? You want to be the first. It's Zidane. Zidane. Like Zidane, but Zidane. 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 So Reza Zadeh is, uh, Reza, you have, I'm sure, many titles, but you oversee parts of Athletes in Action. You also uh, have been the Broncos chaplain for the last four years. And a quick early question, what is the worst butchering of your name that you've ever heard? (laughs) Oh, bro. I don't know what the worst one is, but I remember, like, in elementary school, we'd have a substitute teacher. Um, like once the substitute teacher like got like paused, I would just raise my hand and say here. <laughs> that, that's how my wife is too. My wife's name is Christiana and it's spelled C-A-I-R-I-S-T-I-O-N-A. And, uh, all the time she gets Caristonia. Uh, that's the way I would pronounce it if I read it. Caristonia. Caristonia. Yeah. So all kinds of good stuff. And people are always, so what name do you actually go by? And she's like, Christiana. <laughs> uh, but that's cool, man. Reza, I'm so thankful that I know that you have a lot going on in your life and just thankful that uh, you're willing to come and chat with us for a little bit today. So thanks for being here, man. You got it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, Reza, tell me a little bit about your story. I know very little bit about your background. I know that uh, you just, t- yeah, where did you, where are you from? How did you get to Colorado? Yeah. How are, tell me, tell me your life, the whole thing. In about two minutes. I'll say, the, I'll say the whole life in two minutes. Well, I was born I was born in Iran. I'm full-blooded Iranian. And uh, I was born in Iran um, in a tiny little town called Abadan, which is on the southern tip of Iran on the, on the Persian Gulf, um, on the border of Iraq. Uh, my dad used to work for the Shah of Iran, his oil company, one of his oil companies. And so my dad got sent to work in Houston for a year. And so I was really young. I was about three years old, uh, two or three years old at the time. And, uh, you know, I got sent to work in Houston, so I brought my mom and I with him, and then the revolution happened in Iran. And so we, we just stayed in the United States, and then my parents always intended to go back, and then the war with Iraq started. And when the war with Iraq started, obviously, we lost everything, because we were on a little border town um, on the border of Iran and Iraq. So I grew up in Southern California most of my life. Uh, you know, I was an Iranian kid, actually grew up Muslim, uh, did not know Jesus at all. Growing up, I knew him a little bit because Muslims know some stuff about Jesus. And uh, so found my way up to Colorado State University um, playing football. So I played football for the Rams and uh, played at CSU. And it was there where I met Jesus through this athletic ministry on campus called Athletes in Action. And I uh, cool. just befriended some staff people and they shared the gospel with me. And, and that's how I met the wow, Lord. That's awesome. What cool what what position did you play? I was a linebacker. Oh man, I was gonna have us uh, guess. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah, guess. Yeah. Linebacker. Linebacker. That's, That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would have started. Yeah, me too. Just That's why I have, no, I have no idea. <laughs> uh I I actually I played football uh one year, like pee wee football. Uh my mom was terrified that I was gonna get crushed and die. And so uh she I, I was the kid that had to wear the big neck thing, even though I wasn't a lineman. 
Um, and so I was supposed to be a wide receiver, but I was wearing the big neck brace thing and I couldn't even turn my head to, you know, catch the ball. But our very last game, I remember I didn't really have a a great coach either. He like treated us like it was the NFL, you know, like we got to win. And he was always pushing us and and kind of being that, that hard nosed coach, you know? Uh, and, and for some reason, this last game, he decided to put me in at safety. And I remember I loved playing safety and I, I hit this guy really, really good. And, uh, I think it was halftime and the coach said something like, man, I'm just, I'm really proud of you guys today. And, and, uh, Jared, I think you have the hardest hit of the game. And I'm just so glad I was able to teach you something this year. And I was like, <laughs> what, what you didn't teach me what, <laughs> but, and did you play football, Matt? You know, I was never allowed to, my mom wouldn't let us play football. And so when we were in the third grade here in Colorado, my brother and I actually took her to the ice arena to show her hockey and so she saw all these cute little kids, you know, skating around the ice, playing hockey. And so she allowed us to play hockey, never knowing <laughs> that hockey is maybe more violent than football. But, uh, yeah, so that was how my career in hockey that's started so is funny. because I was not allowed to play football. I yet. did know that you liked hockey. And that's, that's, on our, that's on my bucket list is to play hockey on ice with Matt one day. There we go. Practical living. That's right. That sounds beautiful. Uh, so... Reza, Athletes in Action. I, I know some about it. I'm sure that people are listening that have no idea of what Athletes in Action is. Can you just give us a, yeah. a little bit of an idea about what that is and what you do? Absolutely. So um, when I became a believer, I was discipled, you know, through, through Athletes in Action. We had a staff person on campus. Um, and uh, really, AIA, uh, we are an international sports organization. We are under the umbrella of CRU, Campus Crusade for Christ, is our parent organization. So many people are familiar with Campus Crusade, you know, worldwide missions organization um, of winning people to Christ, building them up, sending them out, win send. And so um, Athletes in Action is a little slice of crew, uh, specifically reaching the world of sports. And so really our hope and dream is to see um, every athlete in every sport in every nation know someone who truly follows Jesus. So my role specifically, I serve here in Colorado as the Front Range Director. And so I I oversee the ministry, uh, campus ministry at Colorado State University at CU and a little bit at UNC, University of Northern Colorado, and work with athletes there and our staff that are at those campuses. And then for the last four years, been serving the, uh, the Broncos as their team chaplain through Athletes in Action. That's cool. Uh, so you've kind of come... Well, let me ask this. W- were you a part of Athletes in Action ever since you got saved, or were you away from it and then you came back? Yeah, so I've, I've always had my hand in it. So, you know, obviously when I was a student athlete, I was all in. I, I coached for a couple of years at CSU. I was 100% all in. And it, I thought I'd be a coach. I thought I'd be a Christian coach, and that's how I'd influence people. But I realized after two years of being a graduate assistant coach that, man, I really liked football. But it kind of got in the way of me really building relationships with the students. So actually out of, out of coaching, I became a pastor. I was a pastor for 12 years. I was a college pastor for the first eight and a half years. And then after that, my wife and I, we planted a church in Windsor, Colorado. And so, you know, pastored that for a few years and then just realized the Lord was calling us uh, to full-time staff as missionaries with Athletes in Action. So we, you know, we resigned, raised our support for about a year, and now we serve as missionaries with AIA. But um, even when I was pastoring, I was always on affiliate staff with Athletes in Action, kind of always having my hand in athletic ministry. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I know that, and Matt, you did sports in college too, didn't you? No, 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 no. But our schools played each other. 
They did. I think that's really funny. So yeah, I went to a small Christian school that didn't have the sports I played. Yes, they didn't have a hockey team. They didn't have that a bummer. hockey team, no baseball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I remember playing, uh, I played soccer in college. That was my my uh, sport of choice. And it was a Bible college, and being taught to like really hate these other schools didn't make sense to me. I, I really wrestled that with that my junior year of, man, these are people who are really going to school to try to do the same thing that I'm trying to do, and yet we're, we're kind of going through this whole training of, of in, in the spirit of competitiveness to not like these other people, you know? And, and there's, you know, if, if people were good on the other team, you know, you, you, you just didn't like them for different reasons. And so uh, I'm just curious, Reza, uh, do you ever encounter anything like that? Or, or how do you bring in the principles of, of man, we want to follow Jesus and share Jesus with others, and yet we still want to dominate and, and, and kick the pants off of the other team? You know, how do you... Yeah. That, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. You know, we don't, you know, the way that we talk, so we actually, that's one of our main principles. We have five main principles that we teach athletes and um, one of them is audience of one all about idols idolatry and sports and sports has become an idol and it gets in the way of worshiping god i believe that a christian athlete should be the hardest working athlete i believe with all my heart that as a christian we have something higher to live for than even kicking the other team's butt like that's not what we no that's it that's, that's all it is reza it's just kicking the other team's butt that's no, that's dude, it. <laughs> not what it's about. but what we talk about is there's an opportunity that with your intensity you can actually bring glory to God, and uh, you bring glory to God by your effort, by your integrity, by the way that you compete. And so we don't bring, you know, we don't compete or we don't finish our workouts just because coach is watching us. We finish our workouts. We run that play hard. We give our intensity. We st- our intensity goes up only because we have the opportunity to live for the pleasure of our Holy Father. And so we have an opportunity to bring glory, honor, and praise to him by our effort. And um, whatever happens on the scoreboard happens on the scoreboard, but that shouldn't change the way that we compete because our competition, our worth comes from a different place. Yeah. Yeah. We think about that in the really in, in, I mean, that, that transcends everywhere, right? So uh, Mm -hmm. whether that's in sports or in the way that uh, we, we do our job, right? We, we're not just uh, working hard when the boss is watching, but we're working with integrity in in everything that we do. Um, So that's really good. Uh, Do you have anything yeah, I just had one other question for you, Reza. In terms of your uh, conversion, uh, what was it that, that brought you to uh, believe in Jesus from a Muslim background to trusting Jesus as your Savior? Yeah, bro, that's a long story. But um, I would say in a nutshell, so the way I met the Lord was I was uh, living in an apartment complex by campus one summer. And I was living there, me and my roommates, we were just looking to you know hang out, go to the parties, hang out at the pool, go to summer school, workouts going to be a great summer, you know, doing all that as a college student. So um, that summer, we and all these families started moving into the apartment complex as well, which totally freaked us out. We were mm-hmm. like, dude, what's up with the families here? This is, this is, <laughs> I don't know why the families are here. Right. Turns out um, every, every other year, Campus Crusade for Christ has their national staff conference in Fort Collins at Colorado State University. So there was 10,000 missionaries descended upon Fort Collins. And it just so happens, by God's providence, I'm in this apartment complex surrounded by people that all work with athletes in action because they always live kind of in, you know, places together. So for eight weeks of that summer, man, I just got to observe, hang out, eat with, go to the pool, 
with these people that was like, man, this is not what I thought Christians were like. Mm. So we got to know them for eight weeks. They were in our home. We were in their home. Um, we just got to know them. And then the night before the, the conference was over, the people we got closest with next door invited us over for dinner and said, hey, we'd love to tell you why we do what we do. And man, at that point, we were like, yeah, because I don't get it. Like, yeah. you guys are fantastic. You're not what I thought Christians were. And so they literally handed us a four spiritual law booklet that crew has used for decades. And they taught us God loves you and has a plan for your life. Man is sinful, separated from God. Jesus is God's only provision for man's sin. And that we can have eternity with God through faith in Jesus. So it started with relationship and hospitality, which is huge in Middle Eastern culture. Yeah. But, um, but they earned the right to speak into my life mm. through eight weeks of relationship. That's good. That's really cool. Um, did what? So bef- pre all of that, you, you made the statement that that that's not what we thought Christians were like. So what what was kind of what is the general idea of what of what a Christian is like? Is that making is that a does that make sense? Does oh, my question bro, make sense? I was a Christian, it was like kumbaya. Like that's what I thought. Like yeah. we're gonna. Man, these Christians are here. We're up in Kumbaya in the dark. Light candles. <laughs> light candles. That's right. Know, my, dude, the only Christian I'd ever known, only Christian I'd ever known at that point was Ned Flanders on Simpsons. Yeah. Like, I had no concept. Oh, I didn't know good. Christian. I didn't know who a Christian was, you know? That's yeah. all I knew. That's good. Well, cool, man. Uh, so then. With the Broncos chaplaincy, is that something that comes through uh, athletes in action as well, or is that a what? How did how did that all transpire? Yeah, so um, you know, athletes in action. Our pro our pro director um, is in contact with the NFL office and works pretty closely with some of the NFL, um, you know, the player development people. And so it depends on every team; just does it differently. And uh, there was a connection uh, between. Uh, the person who would oversee the chaplain and the Athletes in Action Pro Ministry Director uh, nationwide. And so there was a conversation. There was an opening here. And uh, so I just got a phone call from from the person with the Broncos who oversees me and says, hey, I heard your name. Sound good fit. Would you all be interested in this? And so we just started talking and uh, realized that, you know what, it probably could be a good fit. And since that's where the Lord is leading us. And yeah. so we officially, we officially, we were volunteers. You know, I'm a guest when I walk into that facility. You're making the big um, bucks, huh, Reza? Is that what you're making saying? a ton, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, no, we have some great people that come alongside of us monthly and support our ministry so that we can do the things we do that's with cool. college athletes, coaches, and pro athletes. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, so uh, with the Broncos, uh, really with... Uh, we can do specifically the Broncos if we want to, but uh, I'm just curious if you had any uh, really good stories about uh, some of the ministry that, that you've been able to do. Um, yeah, what, let's let's go with that. Specifically with the Broncos, since you've been there the last four years, is there something that just really stands out? Like, man, this is just awesome. Yeah, man, I guess there's a couple. I would say probably my first my first season um, doing Bible study, I remember we did it, what, it was early in the season. It might have been first first week, second week, or something like that. And we were walking through the Sermon on the Mount during our team Bible study that season. And I remember we got to salt and light and we were talking about being light. And one of the players was talking about how, you know, we, we can be a little light. We can be a big light. Our light can shine a little or our light can shine a lot. It was actually amazing. It was awesome and awesome and insightful. And then one of the guys kind of raised his hand. I was about to pray it out at the end. And he's like, dude, I got to say something. I was like, yeah, go ahead. He goes, man, I'd, ne- I'd never go to Bible study. He goes, I've never been to chapel, never go to Bible study. He said it was just on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, so he's like, I just decided I, I better go to that. And he was a rookie at the time. <laughs> and so he came and he goes, I 
think I just need this in my life. I think I need Jesus in my life. So he became a believer. And so been discipling him. It, it's been an awesome journey with him. Probably my favorite day, though, was um, one of our players who really is, I'd call kind of call him one of our core disciples on the team. He uh, asked if I'd train him on how to disciple others. And so I said, dude, would you come CSU for a day with me as I meet with, you know, athletes there? I think there'd be some football players obviously would want to meet you. Um, so he said yes. So him and his wife came up on a day off during the season, which they get one day off. They get Tuesdays. And this guy got in the car and drove an hour north to spend a day with me on campus at CSU. And um, <clears throat> we just met with student athletes. And I'd go through the same discipleship curriculum. And so by the third hour, I was like, all right, dude, you're on. Like, you, you watched me do it two times. And he did a fabulous job. So I think that was my favorite day is blending the, the, the pro and the college. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, uh, shifting gears just a little bit here, this is Super Bowl week. And so uh, a couple of things that I want to do with, the, with Super Bowl week. And number one is, uh, well, so you grew up in, in Texas and then California. Do you have a... Maybe you can't say that because you're the Broncos chaplain, but uh, wait, outside, wait, of Broncos, outside of the Broncos, outside of the Broncos, grew up in Texas. Okay, you grew not, up in I California. Okay, that's there fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I was born in Texas, and I don't claim it either, so I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but uh, do you have a, a team? I know that as a Broncos fan, I, I'm in a really hard place this year where I'm going. Kansas City or Tom Brady, and and really wrestling through that. So, uh, do you have? Could there be a worse Super Bowl for Denver? I don't know. It's Denver it's Denver bad. bad. It's really bad. Only if the Raiders made it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if Tom Brady was playing for the Raiders, I think that would make it one step further. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, do you have a preference? Do you do you have? Do, how do you think it's going to turn out? Man, I don't know, bro. I, you're putting me in a tough spot. Um, I, dude, Tom Brady is, he's unreal, dude. If you just look at him, like, dude, I'm 43 years old and he's 43 years old and I'm sitting at a desk right now. And that guy's preparing for his what? 10th Super Bowl. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Then you got that Shaq Barrett, you know, CSU Ram, former mm-hmm. Denver Bronco. I guess, man, I gotta, I gotta pull for, I gotta pull for Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, I went, it. I went down that similar road, Reza. I was looking at it and thinking, you know, when I was a kid, um, while I was always a Bronco fan, like early nineties, the Buccaneers, there was something about them with their cool stadium and Mike Alscott and, uh, as the running back and all that. And so, yeah, in this toss up of who do you, who's the worst person, who's the worst of the two worsts? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Tampa Bay is where it's at. Cause of Shaq, mm-hmm. Tom Brady is about yeah. to do something that nobody's ever done. Right. Mm-hmm. Seven Super Bowls. Like that's going to be amazing. Absolutely. If he, if he pulls that off. Like I mean, maybe Patrick Mahomes gets there, but yeah. But here, that's why I want Tom Brady to win. Is because anything we can do to slow down Mahomes, because my mom's family is all from Kansas, and so anytime Kansas City does anything good, we hear about it forever. Um, you know, and so uh, I'm just trying to selfishly protect my my social media page for you know a few months uh, of being ridiculed, uh, and really uh, trying to uh, protect us in the future, right? The long term. If if Tom Brady can win this one, then that's one less that that Patrick or Patrick Mahomes wins. And I mean, the Broncos are in for uh, a long. I mean, because Mahomes is going to be here for a while, and so a long 15 years. Uh, we now. have a long long road ahead as a Broncos fan. But uh, I I wanted to share with you guys as well just some really funny bets that I found. Uh, there's people bet on weird stuff, man. And, uh, these are some of the, the funny ones that, uh, I just wanted to share with you guys. And I wanted to, 
we'll, we're just going to have a, a fun uh, you, we're not officially betting on anything. Maybe Matt and I might have a Chick-fil-A sandwich uh, involved here somewhere. But uh, when we go through them all, Matt, you can pick one, and, and you and I can bet a Chick-fil-A sandwich Got on it. it. But uh, I just want to hear uh, your guys' answers to, to how you fall on these bets, okay? So the first one is is the iconic coin toss. Reza, are you going heads or tails? Uh, I'll go heads. Okay, yeah, Matt? I, tails never fails. Tails never... All right, I'm going heads, too. So we got two heads, one tails. Uh, all right, uh, here's the next one. Will an animal appear on the field and birds don't count? Bro, I remember a couple of years ago when uh, when Katy Perry came out on that on that line on that tiger. Yeah, when she sang that song. Yeah, yeah, dude. I thought that was shade against the Detroit Lions because they haven't been in Super Bowl in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's gonna be any animals. No animals. COVID. Too, yeah. too much COVID. Too much COVID. Too much, yeah, I don't think there's gonna be any animals either. Yeah, Although but what, Reza brings up something really great with the the halftime show. Maybe there might be a surprise. That's true. There, there might be a surprise there. I, I think no. You don't think any random animals are going to escape onto the field? No, no yeah. whales or anything. Yeah, no. not the... <laughs> uh, okay, here's a good one. Will Andy Reid coach in his Hawaiian shirt? No. Yes. No. You say no? No, I think it's Kansas City gear all the way. It's Kansas that red. City. It's that red. I've seen wind. a Kansas City shirt, though, that has been turned into a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so that that's kind of the we'll flip of breath. it. That's right. We'll hold breath. I'm going to say yes on that one. I think he he comes out in some sort of Hawaiian shirt, even though it'll be decked out Kansas City. Uh, all right. This one's funny, too. How many public Instagram posts will Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend post during the Super Bowl? I don't know if there's a plus or minus on that one. You're going with two? Rez is going with two? I'm going two. Okay. Oh, man, I'm going six. I think this is the bet. This is the bet. This yeah, is this the one? Chick-fil-A sandwich bet. Yeah, I'm You're going, going six. six. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to have to figure out how to track that because uh, I don't follow any of that. So uh, we'll figure hey, it fiance out. fiance now, though. It's not girlfriend. It's fiance. Yeah, oh, fiance. fiance. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, okay, will an offensive or defensive lineman score a touchdown in this Super Bowl? Yes or no? Nope. Reza says no. No way, man. This is Matt high scoring no. offense. Yeah, I think it's no as well. Uh, will a player use a prop for a touchdown celebration and the football doesn't count? No way, dude. It's COVID. They can't touch a thing. They can't touch a thing? Man, if Tyreek Hill gets in, I'm thinking yes. You're thinking yes. <laughs> He's going to sneak something out uh, out the back. Yep. What? Who was the one that was jumping into uh, into the barrel? Who did that a few years ago? Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Like he would score a touchdown and jump into a barrel? I don't recall. You don't recall? Ezekiel Elliott. I'm hearing from the other room. The the God voice from above says Ezekiel Elliott would jump into the barrel. Uh, that was good. All right. This one is actually from last year, but I thought it was worth bringing up. Uh, so we can't actually bet on this one, Matt. But uh, an o- there was an over-under on how many tweets Trump would tweet during the Super Bowl. I thought that was a good one. Uh, and then back in Super Bowl 50, there was an over-under number on how many times Peyton Manning would yell Omaha. I thought that was worth mentioning as well. That was, that was such a great thing, just just the Omaha in general. Memory memory lane there. That's right. Well, And people still use it, right? Like quarterbacks are still calling Omaha and stuff, yeah. which is awesome. So, well, there you go. Okay, is, are we, is that the one that you picked, Matt? Is the, the yeah. Patrick Mahomes, you're going with what, six? Six, yeah. I think there's six. Uh, you said two, right, Reza? I think two. Yeah. One at the beginning of the game and one after the okay. game is all I'm thinking. I'm going to go with – I'll go with three. Three? Yeah, This and we're doing prices right rules. 
Okay. Okay. Is that fair? Sure. So if, if well, I mean, I, I don't know how we do that. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. Do you want to play Reza? We can get you a Chick Fil A sandwich too. Send you a gift card. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. All right. I'm always good with Chick Fil A. All right. Cool. All right. So we got two, three, and six. Uh, I think it's one for every touchdown. Oh, you think that that's she, she's going to do one for every touchdown? Yeah. That's. I I think that there's some validity there. <laughs> So, well, as we, uh, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up here, but Rez, I just wanted to ask you one more question. And, and this is a question that I think it pertains definitely, uh, you have football players that, uh, make a lot of money and, and some people feel okay about it. Some people don't feel okay about it. Uh, but we just wanted to talk about, uh, how much money is too much money, um, and, and kind of get your opinion on that. Uh, you didn't buy any GameStop stocks this last week, did you? <laughs> Bro, we're missionaries, my man. No, I, mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't either. I, I didn't get that inside information. So, Matt, any game stock? No, no. No, okay. So, we're all just as poor as we were two weeks ago. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we, we live for other things, right? Not that's just right. money. So, well, I know uh, a lot of times when people Storing think... Storing up treasures in heaven. Baby. That's right. There you go, brother. So... Uh, I know that a lot of times people look at salaries of, of football players and they get frustrated and they say that... Man, they're only playing a game. Why do they make so much money? Um, and, and you know probably better than anybody. I was, I was talking with a buddy of mine who was saying the reality is, though, is the, the average length of a, a football career is actually very short. Um, and, and they're beating up their bodies that takes them out of possibilities of, of doing other work, right? I mean, we know the stars and how much they make, but that's really a small percentage in, in the overall scheme very of things. Small, very small um, percentage. I was watching, I think it was on NFL Hard Knocks uh, that they – had someone talking to one of the players about their finances and saying the NFL stood for not for long. Um, and yeah. and that, that that's also a reality that not many players actually have a really... You mean, Tom Brady, how long he's been in the NFL is not the norm, right? Um, and so I just wondered, uh, man, is there... I doubt that there's a magic number that says, okay, as soon as you make this much you're actually making too much money and it's ungodly. Um, but maybe what, what we can even shift that is you can answer that question if you like, Reza, or, or you can talk a little bit about, man, for all of us, no matter how much money we're making, how do we handle our finances in a way that is beneficial to us and our family and our communities? Yeah, bro, this is a great question. I think, you know, when it comes to salaries in the NFL, of course, we look at it and we're like, oh my word, look at how much money, you know, is happening there. You know, when you when you talk about this, there, there's no amount. Like you said, there's not like an amount, but there's a couple of things to keep in mind. You know, we we might see the number that comes out in public. We don't see the taxes taken out. We don't see the agents cut and all the other cuts that are getting taken out. Now, honestly, that's still a pretty good chunk of money that the players get. That that, that the players get. A um, couple of things. They they're only paid during the season and when there's workouts. And so, you know, that's six months out of the year. Um, so there's a lot of variables in that. And I know a lot of us would say, man, I'd love to get paid for six months with, with that amount. And, but there's, but there's a lot of variables with it. And so that's what, when I think about this, you know, they've got every mom, uncle, aunt, cousin, pop Warner coach, high school coach, high school teacher ca- calling them saying, Hey, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. Can you please throw me some money? You know, and so this and that. So there's a lot, there's a lot of those kinds of conversations that are really different. At the same time, there's a lot of people that are out to get, you know, the, you know, their money. Um, I've gotten phone calls from agents, financial planners. When the guys are still in college, they call all the different chaplains, AIA directors, FCA directors, and they try to get the inside track on a, on an athlete who's coming out in draft. 
And they'll call them in college and say, hey, I want to work with you and do your finances when you when you leave. So there's a lot of swindling. There's a lot yeah. of sharks that are out there. But I think when it comes to the core of it, there's not a money amount. It's, it's what Jesus said. You know, when Jesus said, um, you know, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than take the camel through an eye of a needle. When he said, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. He is not necessarily talking about the, the physical wealth. It's the heart condition. It's the spirit of mammon. It's, it's what, what are, are you self-sufficient or are you God-sufficient? I've seen people with no money be very self-sufficient. And when you're self-sufficient, there's no room to be God-sufficient. And I've seen people with a lot of resources be 100% God-sufficient. And so um, I think it's, you know, how do you steward it? Um, what do you do with it? How are you investing it? And I know that there is a ton of believers in the NFL world that are a part of this community called PAO, Pro Athlete Outreach, the Increase Conference that gathers every year in February where athletes come together and they talk about handling handling your finances God's way, um, amongst other things. And so, yeah, we, we can look at it from where we sit and say, man, there is a lot of money. And it's a good question. You know, why aren't we paying our teachers the, the, the money that, that – that they invest, you know, with how they invest in our communities. Why are we not investing in law enforcement? Why are we not investing in different places that really care for the community? Um, that's a great question. But right now, this is this is what drives how many millions, tens of millions of people around the world are going to be watching this game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That brings in a lot of money. So, sure. but when you look at it, these guys are always seen as commodities, um, and that's the unfortunate part. And so, while they while they can. It's good for them to, you know, develop the resources that they can so they can take care of their families and mm-hmm. help their families get out of situations that maybe they grew up in. Yeah. I heard that's a good reason for Deshaun Watson to go to Miami is because Florida doesn't have state taxes. There you go. Yeah. That's an interesting point that you make, Reza, is how they're always seen as commodities. And while the money may be really good in that, that's a hard place to live from an identity standpoint for very long. Yeah. Dude, it's terrible. I mean, think about it. the worst day. The worst day in the NFL is draft day. Yeah, because it's great for all those kids that are getting drafted. Fans love it, but put yourself in the shoes of a second-string quarterback or a second-string linebacker, and watching your team draft somebody who's eventually going to take your spot, and everyone's celebrating them on Twitter. Like that's a lonely place to be. Yeah. And that's where we get to communicate the worth that they have is not in what they do. It's, it's what Christ has done for sure. them and who they are. Yeah. I think it's, it's normal human characteristic to spend your means uh, and even overspend your means, no matter what the number is, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, you, someone who's making 60 grand a year, someone who's making 80 grand a year, they're both saying, man, if I could just make a little bit more, then I would be okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's really easy to, to, to point the finger uh, and not take responsibility for yourself. Um, and, yeah. it's like, and that's true like within, in anything, in any kind of relationship with anybody, right? The only person I can really control is me. Um, and so uh, making sure that, you know, a, as, a, as a follower of, of Jesus, I'm making the right choices, you know, based on, on what I'm called to do in my character and, and not worry necessarily so much maybe about how someone else is unless— I mean, you have an opportunity to have influence. I mean, I think that you're in a position to, to have some, some really positive influence to help people not get into trouble. Um, but you hear those sad stories too, right, about these famous football players who they get out of the NFL and they go broke and they end up having some sort of tragic ending because uh, they, they just could never figure out 
almost that character piece and less uh, uh, of, of the money piece even. Yeah. When I think of like material in this world, oftentimes my mind goes to Ephesians uh, 4.28 that says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And I don't know that there's like a, a number amount of how much materials, you know, possessions is too much or too less or whatever it is. But I think this verse gives us kind of three ways to think about our material possessions. One is um, don't steal it, right? Which pretty much everybody agrees. Like that's not the right way to come into material means. Uh, but then there's the work for it piece of it. And then there's the kind of the third piece, which is work for it so that you have material to share with others. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really kind of the heart of it where most of our society points us towards the work so that we have a lot of material. Like God's heart at the end is work so that you can share uh, what you have with others in that space. Mm-hmm. And that looks yeah. different for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's good. So, well, Reza, I really, really appreciate you giving uh, some time to be here. Uh, I know you have some uh, different things going on at home and things like that with, with little sick, sick ones and things like that. And that's, that's always uh, uh, an extra unplanned obstacle to overcome. And so thanks so much for, for giving us your time. Uh, we'll let you know how this bet turns out, and we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with you on that if we're uh, able to give you that Chick-fil-A sandwich or not, you know. But, uh, man, it, it's just so good to get to chat with you. We really appreciate you. Um, we are always uh, putting out new content. We have our YouTube channel. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have our weekend services. Check us out on the website. Man, thank you guys so much for being with us on the Connect podcast. Thanks, Jared.